Hi, welcome back to Idgits and Aspets. I'm Rochelle. And I'm Lynn. And today we're talking about season four, episode 12, called Chris Angel is a Douchebag. <laughs> Do you know who Chris Angel is? Magician. A magician. Yeah. I looked that up. Oh, okay. Because I wasn't sure. I went to one of his Vegas shows oh, yeah? um, years ago, and um, it was pretty cool. I really liked his theater that he was doing it in because it was all mm-hmm. like dark and gothic with like mm-hmm. creepy ass <laughs> shit everywhere yeah. that you could just like, you could like look in any direction and discover something weird, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, the show itself, was pretty good they messed up on one of the tricks one of the big tricks um, oh. and so all of a sudden the curtains closed and we just sat there for 10 minutes like is it over yeah, before they that. like opened it up again hmm. and did some more stuff that's weird it was the whole thing was a little bit weird but yeah but he's known for like you know doing weird shit and wearing eyeliner and, <laughs> you know all this stuff. i did notice a lot of guy liner on that one yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, the, the guy the guy in the story, Jeb Dexter, is supposed to be basically a Chris Angel type person oh, okay. doing the same sorts of tricks and mm. all of that. Okay. I don't know that I necessarily think he's a douchebag. Um, and I wanna <laughs> and I wanna say that um, maybe one of his kids came down with like cancer or some other like life threatening disease and so mm. the last few years he's been kinda quiet. Mm. I'm not sure if that's actually Chris Angel or somebody else, but I that's don't know. Yeah. that's what comes up to me. So I'm not really sure. So I feel kinda bad calling him a douchebag now. Well, but how long ago was this show made? Oh, yeah, for real. And, like, yeah. <laughs> maybe he was at that time. I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> I think he got, like, a lot of people had a problem because he has, like, a, I don't know if it's, like, a Jersey accent or, like, a Brooklyn accent. And he talks, like, you know, a West Coast accent for his shows. Hmm. People, like, made fun of him for changing his accent or something. Huh. Just, just unforgiving stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, it's I mean, not necessarily show business, yeah, a reason get, to make fun of somebody. Yeah, yeah. you're going to get all that sort of stuff, though, all the time, I'm sure. Yeah. So, anyways, Chris Angel is a douchebag. I also <laughs> really like that they use the term douchebag in the title of, <laughs> yeah. uh, of an episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we start out in Sioux City, Iowa. A banner on a light post says, Magic Week. Welcome to the International Association of Magicians. Uh, then we're in a bar. There's a man named Jay cutting a deck of cards at the bar. He's t- uh, he's talking to a bartender. He says, uh, I don't know how to say this, Charlie Cut? It's C-H-A-R-L-I-E-R. So Charlie Cut? I don't know. And he's talking about <laughs> the way that he's shuffling the cards. The bartender yeah. says, wow, you're really good. A guy down at the bar sarcastically says, yeah, great. Hey, show us another. The girl next to sarcastic guy says, finish your drink, Vance. Vance is in a magician's outfit. Jay says to the bartender, this is a simple rifle shuffle. He tries to show her, but he messes it up. The bartender says, do a card trick for me. Um, Vance says, oh, here we go. The Incredible Jay. Jay says, all right, young lady, would you please tell me when to stop? And he runs his hands through the cards. She says stop, and he holds up the three of spades. Jay says, this is your card. Commit it to memory. Vance says, that's incredible, Jay. The woman, this guy is such an ass. The woman with him says, don't be a jerk. Jay continues with the magic trick and asks the bartender if she sees her card. She says, no. Vance says, check his pocket. The woman next to him says, for God's sakes, Vance. Oh, I just spit on my own hand. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Vance, I've done it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Vance says, oh, just check. Check the damn pocket. Then he gets up and goes over to Jay. It's clear that Vance has had too much to drink. Jay is saying to the bartender, so if you then would remove, but Vance pulls a card out of Jay's pocket, shows it to the bartender and says, is this your card? The bartender says to Vance, why are you so mean? Can't you just leave the old guy alone? 
Then she looks embarrassed about calling Jay old. And he looks even, like, you could tell he was dealing with the ribbing and everything. Yeah. But, like, she called him old and his face just, like, fell. I did. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. It was really sad. It was sad. I didn't like it. I didn't either. So we cut to a stage. A magician is being lowered to the floor slowly by wires. It's very Chris Angel. (laughs) Um, Some older men, uh, well, yeah, Jay and two older guys, named Charlie and Vernon are watching. One uh, one of them says, Charlie says, is he wearing eyeliner? Another <laughs> old guy says, or no, I wrote this weird, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Vernon says, I can't tell. I'm blinded by all the sterling silver. <laughs> the magician on stage is yelling at someone off stage. He says, the light has to find me. Get it? <laughs> it has to find me. <laughs> Charlie and Vernon say together, what a douchebag. <laughs> Jay says, oh, would you guys give it a rest? You're giving me a headache. Vernon says, oh, come on, Jay. He missed, his misdirect is shaking his ass like an 8th Avenue hooker. Mm-hmm. Charlie says, it used to be about skill. Jay says, yeah, it used to be. Used to be. Listen to the two of you. It's pathetic. Bitter old men talking about the glory days. You know what? This douchebag isn't the joke. We are. Charlie says, hey, who are you calling joke? Jay says, me, for one. That used to be us. You know, maybe he is a douchebag, but he's playing the main stage. and We can't even afford an assistant. What the hell are we doing? Charlie says, we're doing all right. Jay says, no, we're not. We're sad, we're old, and we're dying. Charlie says, Jay. Jay says, I'm going to do the table of death tonight. Vernon says, no, you're not, Jay. Don't be crazy. Charlie says, you almost killed yourself the last time you tried it, and that was 30 years ago. Jay says, ah, who cares if it kills me? At least I'll go out with a headline. So we cut to Jay on stage later that night. He says, ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to see is not a trick or an illusion, simply a display of daring and dexterity. Then he lays on the table with the words table of death written on it. Charlie straps his arms down. Jay says to an audience member, now, young lady, you'll please check the bindings. You'll see they're very real, very tight. Thank you. You may take your seat. Charlie says quietly to Jay, damn straight, they're tight. You sure you can slip them? Jay just smiles. Above him are a dozen sharp spikes. They look kind of like swords. They do, but they're, like, really skinny. They're not, yeah. like, and they, they look circular. sword? Yeah, they look <sighs> circular instead of, like, kind of flat like a sword. I don't remember. I just, I, I don't remember, like, really paying attention to it. I just was, like, Ooh. I was I was, like, really paying attention because I couldn't figure out what to call them because I was, like, yeah. they're not really swords, but they're just, yeah. like, they're, like, spokes almost. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so Charlie pulls a curtain in front of Jay so we can see a sil- silhouette. Vernon offstage crosses himself. I could, I could not figure out. What to call it? Crossing himself. So I just said he does. Uh, he does the spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch thing. <laughs> motion. <laughs> and then later I was like, Oh yeah, I've that's never crossing heard it. Oh really? <laughs> I think I got that from Austin Powers. I did not come up with that. <laughs> Anyways, he crosses himself. There's a, there's a, hold on. There's a term for that, but I don't know. I'm going to look it up because I know that there's a term for it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but once I hear it, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, totally. Are you sure it's not just called crossing himself? I'm pretty positive. Okay. Um, Cross (laughs) motion. I'd love to know what it is. I'm pretty sure... It's the sign of the cross. Maybe you say he makes the sign of a cro- of the cross. Maybe that's what the term is. Because that sounds familiar. Yeah, sign of the cross. Okay. 
All right. Well, <laughs> Vernon off stage makes the sign of the cross. On stage, Charlie lights a fuse. Um, outside another club, Vance and the girl who was with him at the bar, who I later find out is his assistant, so I'll just call her that from now on. <laughs> Vance and his assistant go outside. The girl says, Show, show's in an hour, Vance. Try to be on time. So we cut back to Jay. Through the curtain, we see a silhouette struggling to get free of his bonds. The fuse reaches the rope, holding all the stakes up, and they fall. And that exact moment, Vance collapses. Charlie opens the curtain, and Jay is standing up unharmed. He bows, but he and Charlie share a confused look. Like, what? Like, oh, I don't know what just happened, but cool, cool. Um, We see Vance laying on the sidewalk, dead from a bunch of puncture wounds. He got turned into a kebab. Oh, my God, he totally did. Minus the sticks. Yep. Let me get our opening title sequence. So we cut to um, the Chris Angel-looking dude on a sidewalk with a bunch of spectators around. He, uh, his name is Jeb Dexter. He has a deck of cards and says, okay, this isn't a trick. I don't do tricks. This is a demonstration about demons and angels, love and lust. Sam and Dean are watching dressed in suits. Dean says, what a douchebag. <laughs> Sam says, that's Jeb Dexter. Dean says, I don't even want to know how you know that. Sam says, he's famous, kind of. Dean says, for what, douchebaggery? <laughs> I wonder how many times the term douchebag comes up in this episode. We should have counted. Yeah, because it's a lot. I love it. <laughs> Jeb says to the crowd, no matter how messed up it gets, don't touch me, okay? For your own safety. Then he starts <clears throat> gasping and yells, go back to hell, demon. And the cards fly out of his hands. One of the cards is stuck to the glass of a shop window next to him. He runs his hand over the glass so we can see that the card is actually on the inside of the glass. He says to a bystander, is this your card? And the crowd starts clapping. Dean says, oh, you got to be kidding me. A fake (laughs) demon possession. I can't believe people actually fall for that crap. (laughs) Sam says, it's not all crap. Dean says, what part of that was not a steaming pile of BS? (laughs) Sam says, okay, that was crap. But that's not all magicians. It takes skill. Dean says, oh, right. I forgot. You were actually into this stuff, weren't you? I mean, you had like a deck of cards and a wand. Sam says, dude, I was 13. It was a phase. He was a baby wannabe magician. Yeah, I had like a card trick phase when I was maybe like seven or eight, where I was into it for like two months. I think my my extent of tricks was taking a quarter and trying to get people to roll it down their nose mm-hmm. and, like, coloring it with lead. On oh, yeah. Legs, you know, and so they roll it down and they'd try it a bunch of times and have, like, a bunch of lines on oh, their faces. Oh, yeah. That's messed <laughs> that up. That was yourself. my version of trying to do a trick of any variety. Oh, that's me. But it was more of, like, a trick rather than, like, an illusion. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I only did some card tricks. I can't remember any of them now. Yeah. But, but I thought that was, was a fun, it was a fun yeah. time. <laughs> Dean says, just, it bugs me. Actually, it offends me. You know, playing at demons and magic when the real thing would kill you bloody. Sam says, like a guy who drops dead of ten stab wounds without a single tear in his shirt. Dean says, that's what I'm talking about. So we cut to uh, Vance's assistant. She's packing up his stuff and talking to Sam and Dean. Dean says, so did your boss have any enemies that you know of? She said, Vance had plenty of enemies. He would steal from other magicians all the time. Sam asks, what would he steal? She says, stage effects, close-up techniques, anything he could get his hands on. Dean asks, is that enough to get him killed? She says, these guys take this stuff pretty seriously. Dean asks, did you find anything weird in Vance's stuff? She said, a matter of fact, I did. She pulls out a tarot card that shows a body being stabbed by a bunch of swords. Sam says, I'm guessing this didn't belong to Vance. 
She shakes her head and says he hated card tricks, never one of them around, let alone in his precious cape. So we cut to Jay alone in his hotel room. Someone knocks on the door. It's Charlie. He says, you going to tell me how you did it? Jay says, did what? Charlie says, you know what. Jay says, the great ones never give away the how. Charlie says, yesterday you were sad, old, and dying. Today you're one of the great ones. Come on, this is me you're talking to. Jay says, you didn't think I could do it. Charlie says, no, Jay, I didn't. You're my friend, my best friend. I just didn't want to see you get hurt. That's all. Jay says, Charlie, you want to see something? Look at this. Jay has a deck of cards. He does some maneuvering and pulls out three aces. Charlie says, not bad. Jay says, not bad. I've been working to pull an ace out of the middle of a deck for years. Just one. And now I can pull three. Charlie says, you're still missing the ace of hearts. Jay says, I want to do the executioner tonight. Charlie asks, are you trying to get yourself killed? Jay says, it's just a rope slip. Charlie says, Houdini wouldn't try the executioner. Jay says, exactly. Think about it, Charlie. If I can pull this off. Charlie says, I think you're pushing your luck. Jay says, it wasn't luck. It wasn't. Here, stand over there. Let's not end up like this, Charlie. Uh, is that right? Let's not end up like this? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> okay, that's what I wrote. A couple of old farts doing birthdays and bar mitzvahs. They laugh. Charlie says, it beats dying. Jay says, does it? Charlie says, I would do anything for you. You know that, but I will not watch you die. I'll miss that show. Jay says, no, you'll be there. You're always there for me. One, check your pocket. Charlie does and pulls out the ace of hearts. They laugh, and Charlie says, that's good, Jay. That's pretty damn good. Jay says, I can do it, Charlie. I want to do it. Please. Charlie smiles and nods. So we cut to a club. The stage has a sign that says, The Incredible Jay. Jeb is on the phone with someone. He says, It's a lame gig. I'm in a fleabag hotel doing this man of the people crap and freaking angels in Vegas doing Cirque du Soleil. That should have been mine. All right, boys, get it in gear. I don't have it all day. Vernon and Charlie are sitting nearby. Dean walks up and asks, You Vernon Haskell? Vernon says, Who's asking? Dean says, Federal Agent Ulrich. Looking into the death of Patrick Vance. At another table, Jeb is sitting down with Jay. They're being videotapes. Videotaped. <laughs> Jeb says, I'm Jeb Dexter, and this is Devil's twi- Devil Twist. That sounds weird. It seems like it should be Devil's, but... I don't it's know. Devil Twist. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> we'll go with it. Yeah, yeah. We're chilling at the International Magicians Convention, which is a dope chance to tip my hat to the wicked cats who came before me. Smoke and hot effects last night, Jim. Jay says, Jay. Jeb says, huh? Jay says, my name is Jay. Jeb says, yeah, whatever. We can loop it later. Vernon says, what a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wonder if, like, you know, and all this, like, obviously with um, with the Chris Angel, like, I I kind of wonder if it wasn't, like, obviously he's not going to show that he's a total douchebag mm-hmm. on set, but, like, if he was the type of person, like, figure out your lights and, oh, and whatever. And yeah, you know, he's like stuff, that. Like, then I could see that I also wonder if like before they wrote the episode if they like contacted Chris Angel and was like hey do you want to be in this episode and he was like fuck no and they're like fine we're gonna call you a douchebag you know I don't know possible yeah Yeah. (laughs) I don't know or maybe he just has that reputation of being a douchebag I don't really know yeah I don't know yeah I'm sure sorry (laughs) they usually stick pretty well to like you know the factual right stuff yeah for the most part, so I yeah. can't imagine Chris Angel was happy with this sh- with this episode. Probably not. Know. But if he's that much of a douchebag, then who cares? Right, that's <laughs> true. Like, yep, it doesn't make it right. Yeah, but 
whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so Vernon says, what a douchebag. Dean says, couldn't agree more. So uh, is this familiar to you? And he holds up the tarot card. Vernon shrugs and says, should it be? Dean says, well, I heard that you used tarot cards in your act. Vernon says, my act? And he laughs and says, that was a long time ago. I haven't touched a deck in years, you know. Dean says, do you know someone that might use them now? Vernon says, well, there's a guy down on Blecker Street. Bleecker Street? I think it's Bleecker Street. <laughs> Charlie says, oh, yeah, he peddles that kind of specialty stuff. Dean asks, did he have a problem with Vance? Vernon says, matter of fact, Vance crossed him about a year ago. Probably cost him 50 grand in royalties. <laughs> Dean says, you know the exact address. Vernon says, 426 Bleecker. Charlie says, ask for chief. Dean says, thank you. So we cut to Dean walking up to 426 Bleecker. It's nighttime and the place is closed up, but Dean knocks and someone answers. Dean says, I'm uh, here to see Chief. The guy who answers looks a little surprised and opens the door <laughs> and leads Dean down some stairs. Then he says, stay here. Don't touch anything. Then another door opens and a guy comes out wearing some tight leather and holding a whip. He's looking kind of scary. Not gonna lie. <laughs> he says, you are really going to get it tonight, big boy. Dean says, I think there's been a misunderstanding. He's like, oh, no. Yeah, I think. Clench everything. I know, clench everything. Yeah. <laughs> he sure is. Oh. He says, I think I've been had. The dude says, oh, you ain't been had till you've been had by the chief. Oh, we are going to get started. Oh, no. And then he says, oh, before we get started, what's your safe word? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Dean does I, not look happy. I love how uncomfortable he looks yeah. in the situation. Yeah. He's just like, oh. And it's so funny because you can kind of tell, like, Vernon and Charlie, they were, like, leading him on oh, yeah. the whole time. Like, you could tell, but he was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. He was just, like, eating it up, and they're like, yeah, go over here. And he's like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, so we cut to Sam in his motel room doing some research. Someone knocks on the door. It's Ruby. Sam opens it and says, what are you doing here, Ruby? She says, I should be asking you the same thing. Sam says, I'm working a job. Juby says, Juby? I called her Juby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. uh, Ruby says, the whole world's about to be engulfed in hellfire and you're in magician town. Uh, sorry, you're in Magic Town, USA. Sam says, you got something against magic? Ruby says, that would almost be funny if 34 seals hadn't been broken already. 34, Sam, that's over halfway. The angels are losing this war. Every day is one day closer, and if someone doesn't do something, soon. Sam says, and that someone is me? Ruby says, who else would it be? Sam says, I don't know where these seals are. I don't know squad. So why don't you tell me where you'd like me to start? Ruby says, well, you can quit dicking around for one. Bigger fish, Sam, and if the seals are being broken, you might want to go after the one doing the breaking. Sam asks, Lilith? Ruby says, cut the head off the snake. You're the only one who can stop her, Sam, so step up and kill the little bitch. Sam says, oh, I'm game, believe me. It's not the psychic thing I got a problem with. Ruby says, yeah, I know what you got a problem with, but tough. It's the only way. Sam says, no. Ruby says, you know, this would all be so much easier if you just admit to yourself that you like it, that feeling that it gives you. Sam says, you don't know what you're talking about. Ruby says, oh, I don't, huh? Fine. It's simple. Lucifer rises. The apocalypse starts. You think that you have demons on your hands now. People are going to die, Sam. Oceans of people. So just let me know when you're ready. And then Ruby leaves. I think it's kind of weird, like, that Ruby is, a demon is wanting to, like, save the planet. 
you know. It is weird, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just because she remembers what it's like to be human, yeah. that's her reason for it all. Yeah. 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 I think I think it must be pretty clear that she has a different agenda. At this mm-hmm. point, probably, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But don't want to, you know. And they are alluding to something that Sam needs to do to help him. Yeah. Exercise demons. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think I think they might have alluded to it in the last episode too. But I, I'm not sure when we find they, out what that is. I think it's later it's either later in this episode or it maybe doesn't happen in this episode, yeah. It's, no, it's not in this episode, no. I think it might be in one of the The next coming up ones, couple, yeah. I th- maybe I don't remember. Because I vaguely remember like around the time. Yeah, I can't but, remember what else is going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't remember totally what's going on, but I think it's in the next couple episodes. Yeah. It have to be. It has to be because they're talking about it right now. Yeah, well, yeah. but also with other things that happen, like it has to be in the next couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think. So it's coming so. up. I remember being shocked when I found out what it was. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like this is not okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of all I, the I think, things yeah. that it could be, this one is Like, this fucked is not up. what I was expecting. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, um, we cut to Dean uh, meeting Ruby at a club Jay's performing at. Uh, that can't be right. I think it meant Sam. <laughs> uh, we cut to Dean meeting Sam at the club Jay's performing at. Dean says, find anything interesting? Sam says, what? Oh, no. You? Dean says, nothing I want to talk about or think about ever again. <laughs> we cut to Vernon and Charlie. Vernon says, he's crazy and you know it. Charlie says, he says he can do it. Vernon says, did you even try to talk him out of it? Charlie says, till I was blue in the face, but I'll tell you, Vernon, there was, there was something in his eyes. Vernon says, in his eyes, you're both nuts. <laughs> Sam and Dean walk up, and then Dean says, the chief, huh? Charlie says, what's the matter? The chief not your type? <laughs> Dean says, you know, I could have you both arrested for obstruction of justice. Vernon says, how? You're no fed. <laughs> Charlie says, we con people for a living, son. Takes more than a fake badge to get past us. There's a freaking fruit fly in my coffee. Oh, no. Hey, that's the fruit fly. Let him drown. No, he's already dead. <laughs> I just saw him flying around my head a minute ago. You so. little bastard. That cup is contaminated now. This happened last time we were podcasting yeah. here, too. And it was the same cup, I'm pretty sure. Ooh, that's super weird. And drinking coffee out of it. And now there's a fruit fly in there. And you know what? Listen, he's not going to ruin my, my drink. I'm going to fish him out and then I'm going to finish drinking my coffee. Okay. Ew. Maybe something about that cup is attractive to fruit flies. I think it's just the coffee, but... Well, at least we caught the fruit fly. Yeah. <laughs> he's down. We've been trying to catch that sucker for a while. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Uh, so Charlie says, we con people for a living, son. Takes more than a fake badge to get past us. Sam and Dean laugh. Dean says, you got us. Yeah, we are actually, uh, aspiring magicians. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, yeah, we came to the convention because we thought we could learn something. Dean says, yeah, get some ideas for our new show. Okay, they are acting so ridiculous here. There's no way that, like, Charlie and Vernon <laughs> wouldn't see through that line. I know, just like, um, uh, um. Yeah, yeah okay, I think sure. that's ridiculous. <laughs> right. Vernon says, what kind of show? Sam says, it's a brother act. Dean says, yeah, you know, the rings and doves and rings. <laughs> They're being ridiculous. They are being yeah. so ridiculous. So then a DJ says, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the incredible J. Charlie says, you want to learn something? Stick around. Jay on the stage says, ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to witness is a feat so daring, so dangerous, even the great Houdini dared not attempt it. I give to you the executioner. 
and a noose appears hanging from the ceiling. We cut to Jeb, Dexter, checking himself out in a mirror. We cut back to Jay. He says, now, sir, as you can see, this jacket is the real article. Jay is in a straight jacket with the noose around his neck, which just does not sound like a good idea. No. <clears throat> the guy checks him out, and then Jay says, thank you, sir. You may take your seat. Now I will um, Now I will have one minute, 60 seconds, to escape certain death. Let's see if I can do it. Charlie pulls a curtain closed so the audience can only see Jay's silhouette. We cut to Jeb, who is posing for the mirror still. There's a nearby mannequin body with a noose on it. It slowly slides off the mannequin and twists around the ceiling fan. We cut back to Jay. We can hear him grunting in effort. Dean says, I don't think he's going to make it. Then it looks like the stool Jay is standing on goes out from under him and he gets hanged. We cut to Jeb. The noose drops around his neck and the ceiling fan spins, making the noose lift higher and higher. We cut back to Jay. The curtain opens and Jay is fine and out of the straight jacket. The audience applauds. Dean says, oh, that was friggin' amazing. Sam says, that was not humanly possible. We cut to Jeb's dead body spinning with the ceiling fan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's what I want to know. It's like, how would you not see your looking in the mirror? I mean, unless you're just like so absorbed with yourself. You know, like, like, how would you not see that thing like moving around right. and like see the reflection of it in the mirror and like notice because it's not like it was moving quickly no it wasn't you know like it was like hovering for mm-hmm. quite a while yeah like, how do you not see that right yeah agreed Ugh. i agreed with you whatever <laughs> so we cut to sam doing some research he says it looks like this guy jay was a pretty big deal in the 70s dean says which in magician land I'm sorry. Yeah, that says Magician Land. I thought it said Magic Land again. (laughs) They, like, switch it up all over. Um, So, which in Magician Land means what, exactly? Sam says, big enough to play Radio City Music Hall. Dean says, what got him stuck in the where are they now file? Sam says, he got old. Dean says, okay, so maybe Incredible J is using real magic to stage a comeback. Sam says, it's possible. Some kind of spell that works a death transference. Dean asks, how does the tarot card mix into it? Sam says, I don't know. Dean says, man, I hope I die before I get old. Whole thing, whole thing seems brutal, don't it? Sam asks, you think we will? Dean says, what? Sam says, die before we get old? Dean says, haven't we both already? I mean, they're both kind of in the business. Yeah. Right, so. Sam says, you know what I mean, Dean. I mean, do you think we'll still be chasing demons when we're 60? Dean says, no, I think we'll be dead for good. What, you want to end up like, like Travis, huh? Or Gordon, maybe? Sam says, there's Bobby. <laughs> Dean says, oh, yeah, there's a poster child for growing old gracefully. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's not very nice. <laughs> uh, so many Bobby digs in these last couple episodes. Like, first, the, the banana, banana hammock. <laughs> like, yeah, he's growing old. Gra- old. Old. Gracefully. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Sam says, maybe we'll be different, Dean. Dean says, what kind of Kool-Aid are you drinking, man? <laughs> Sammy, it ends bloody or sad. That's just the life. Sam says, what if we could win? Dean says, win? Sam says, if there was a way, we could just put an end to all of it. Dean says, is there something going on that you're not telling me? Sam says, no. Dean says, Sammy. Sam says, no. Look, I'm just saying, I wish there was a way we could go after the source. That's all. Cut the head off the snake. Dean says, well, the problem with the snake is that it has a thousand heads. Evil bitches just keep piling out of the Volkswagen. (laughs) Sam says, yeah, guess you're right. Dean says, why don't you go see if you can track down Jay? I'll see if I can dig, well, I'll see what I can dig up on this tarot card. 
So we cut to Jeb's hotel. Sam comes into the lobby and joins Dean, who says, Maid found Jeb hanging from the ceiling fan. Police think it was a suicide. I beg to differ. Pulled a little sleight of hand myself, and he holds up another tarot card. This one is the hanged man. Sam asks, on Dexter's body? And Dean says, yeah. So I'm thinking if the spell is a death transference, then these cards work like black magic targets. Sam says, any connection between the victims? Dean says, Jeb was a total douchebag to Jay yesterday. (laughs) Sam says, well, what about the first Vic, Vance? Dean says, asked around. Apparently Vance was heckling Jay at the bar the day he was killed. Sam says, okay, so Jay sneaks a card into Vance's pocket, does the table of death. Dean says, and Vance takes ten swords to the chest. Sam says, then Jay slips a noose and Jeb doesn't. Hell of a trick. Dean says, yeah, I think it's time we had a little chat with Jay. Any luck tailing him? Sam says, he slipped me. (laughs) Dean says, he's 60 years old. (laughs) Sam says, he's a magician. So we cut to Jay walking into his hotel room. Sam and Dean are creeping behind him. They got their guns out and they kick his door open. Dean yells, up against the wall. Jay says, God, who are you? What do you want? Sam says, we know what you've been up to. Dean says, you've been working some real bad mojo to jumpstart your act. Jay says, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Sam says, look, we know you put a spell on those tarot cards. Dean says, messing with real magic. Sam's, or Jay says, real magic? Come on, there's no such thing as real magic. Dean says, oh, is that so? Jay says, yeah, believe me, I've been around this stuff my whole life. It's all just illusions. It's tricks. It's all fake. Dean says, Jeb Dexter strung up. Was that just an illusion? Jay says, what? Something happened to Jeb? Sam says, he was found hanged in his room. Dean says, right after you slipped the noose last night. Jay says, I don't know what you're talking about. Please, just let me go. Dean says to Sam, something's not right. They're like, hold on. Sam says, usually they're whipping some badass hoodoo at us by now. Dean says, what do you want to do? So we cut to Jay tied to a chair. Sam says quietly to Dean, all right, so if it's not him, who is it? Dean says, even if Jay's not working the magic, he's still getting the reward. His shows are selling out. Sam says, all right, so then whoever it is, they're obviously in Jay's corner. Dean says, all right, so we got Vernon and Charlie on the list. Anyone else? Sam says, we could just always ask him. They turn to Jay, but he's disappeared out <laughs> of the chair. Because you, afraid- you can't tie up an illusionist and expect them to stay there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dean says, guess we should have seen that one coming. <laughs> Sam says, come on, he couldn't have gone that far. So they leave the motel room. Once they're gone, a door opens inside the room and out walks Jay. I mean, duh, why wouldn't you check the other rooms first? The bathroom, at least. The closet. Uh, he, he was in the closet, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So we cut to Sam and Dean down in the lobby. Sam says, no way he could outrun us. Dean says, maybe he vanished. I mean, he really is good. Sam says, or he found a back door. Just then, a police car rolls up outside and a cop rushes in. Jay comes down the stairs, points at Sam and Dean and says, that's them. Those are the two nut jobs that broke into my room. Two cops are there. One says, freeze, hold up, hands where I can see him. (laughs) We cut to Jay and Charlie hanging out and getting ready for a show. Jay says, they said my act is killing people. They said I was using real magic and that I was casting spells on tarot cards. Charlie says, real magic? Those guys are nuts. You're lucky to be alive. Jay says, you don't think, well, the things I can do now, the cards. Charlie says, you've been working the cards your whole life. Jay says, well, what about the escapes? I haven't been able to slip a pair of cuffs in 30 years. And then there was that way that Patrick Vance died and Jeb Dexter. Charlie says, yeah, that's no great loss there. (laughs) Jay says, oh, Charlie, he didn't deserve to die. Charlie says, you had nothing to do with him. Jay says, he was hanged the same night that I performed the executioner. Charlie says, wait a minute, are you telling me that you actually believe those guys? That there was some kind of real magic involved? 
Jay says, no, I don't know. I don't know, maybe. I shouldn't go on tonight, Charlie. Charlie says, are you kidding me? You have a sold out house out there. Sold out, when was the last time that happened? Jay says, the other night when I was doing the table of death, I was, well, I was gonna kill myself. I have no idea how I got out alive. Charlie says, but you did. Somehow you did, Jay. When you were in your day, you were incredible. The incredible Jay, you were the best I ever saw. And now you got it back. I mean, I don't know how, but it doesn't matter. Just to see you at the top of your game again, hell, it makes me feel young. Jay says, but, Charlie says, no buts, Jay. This may be manna from heaven. I don't know. But whatever it is, you don't throw it away. So we cut to Charlie lighting a fuse on stage while Jay lays on the table below the spikes again. We hear Jay grunting, trying to get free from his bonds. (laughs) Funny that we hear him grunting. I don't know why. I think that's a little weird. (laughs) It's like, it's not weird when you watch it, but it's kind of weird when you say it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Jay is grunting. (laughs) Yeah. So the spikes fall and the lights go on so you can't see Jay's silhouette anymore. Then Jay opens the curtains perfectly fine. The audience applauds. Jay bows. Then off stage, a woman screams. Jay runs backstage and finds Charlie's dead body bleeding from a bunch of holes. So we cut to Jay's hotel lobby. Jay is waiting there, and Sam and Dean walk in. Sam says, Jay, thanks for dropping the charges. Dean says, you mind telling us why you did it? Jay says, we have to talk. So we cut to a bar. Jay says, I was just a kid when we first met. All I, uh, all I knew was how to cheat at cards. Charlie got me out of more scrapes than I can count. Hell, I would have been dead by the age of 20 if it hadn't been for him. He was more than my friend. He was my brother. Sam says, I'm sorry, Jay. Jay says, look, I should have listened to you guys when you told me that my show was killing people. Dean says, well, you weren't the one pulling the trigger. Jay says, yeah, but someone did, and I want to find out who did this to Charlie. So I'll do whatever you guys say. Just tell me what to do. Sam says, Jay, whoever's doing this, they like you. They're probably close to you. Did Charlie and Vernon get along? Jay says, no, no, it's not Vernon. Dean says, he's the only one that makes sense. Sam says, Charlie and Vernon were your family, Jay. Dean says, and now Charlie's gone. Jay says, yeah, but they butted heads sometimes, but Vernon could never do something like this. Dean says, see, the thing about real magic is it's a lot like crack. People do surprising things once they get a taste of it. Jay says, you better be damn sure about this. Vernon's all I got left. So we cut to Vernon watching TV in his room. Um, and not looking sad that one of his best friends just died. Yeah. I thought that was a little bit weird. It was, it was a little bit weird. It was just kind of like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd think that, like, Vernon would be hanging out with Jay, you know, yeah. so they could be together in their time of loss. You know what I mean? I just thought that was a little strange. So anyways, Vernon yeah. is watching TV in his room. The phone rings and he answers it. And he says, yeah, okay, I'll be there in two shakes. I got something to tell you anyway. Then he hangs up. After he walks out of his room, Sam and Dean lockpick their way in. There's magic paraphernalia all over. Sam says, wow, it's like a magic museum. Dean says, you must be in heaven. This guy doesn't travel light. Sam says, he's been on the road his whole life. Probably everything he owns is in this room. Dean says, let's get started. So they search his room. We cut to the stage where Jay performed. Jay is waiting when Vernon arrives. Vernon says, I just talked to the head of the convention. Headliner gig is yours. Jay says nothing. Vernon says, what, you don't want it? Jay says, a day ago, if you told me, I'd be standing on the stage. Now I just can't do it, Vernon. Vernon says, what are you talking about? Jay says, Charlie's gone. Vernon says, Charlie would have wanted you to go on. This is your shot. It's our shot. Jay says, really? Vernon says, this is what Charlie would have wanted. Jay says, Charlie's dead. Vernon says, hey, he was my friend too, you know. Jay says, it's a hell of a way to treat a friend. Vernon says, again, what are you talking about? Jay says, you killed him, didn't you? And for what? 
so that I, so that we could be back on top? Vernon says, that's insane. No, you're scaring me. Jay says, first it was Vance, then it was Jeb Dexter. Even if you thought you were doing it for me, how in God's name could you kill Charlie? Vernon says, oh, you are crazy. Jay says, you used me and you used my act to do this to him. If you think, then a young man says, uh, I wouldn't be so hard on him, Jay. He didn't do it. We cut to Vernon's room. Dean says, this is just a bundle of, a bundle of old-timey magic stuff. None of it magic. Sam says, no herbs, no candles, no tarot cards. Dean holds up an old poster and says, I'll be damned. He shows it to Sam and says, look like anyone we know. It is uh, the young guy who is talking to Vernon and Jay on the poster. We cut back to Jay. Did that make sense? Kind of, yeah. That one was a little bit of like a weird... I, for first of all, didn't think that the young guy looks like old Charlie. So I found it a little weird that Dean saw this poster of a young guy and was was like, like, oh, this is young Charlie. Yeah, that confused me too. I was like, I don't understand. You know, like, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? Who is it? Like, it's like, oh, we should know who this is. And I'm like, I don't know who this is. Yeah, it was weird. So, so Charlie and not Charlie. So Vernon and Jay are talking and then a young man enters the room and said Mm -hmm. that Vernon didn't do it. And then the poster that Dean shows Sam is... The face of that young man. Yeah, but like they hadn't even seen the young man. Well, yeah, they'd just seen Charlie old. Yeah, well, I mean, they had. I'm sure they all kind of grew up together, so they knew mm-hmm. who he was. You know, yeah, but I like, think I think the old guys knew he was, but yeah, I don't but think Dean, Sam and Dean, yeah, haven't seen him yet. So I was kind of like, uh, yeah, that was a little bit of like a, a loose connection. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we cut back to Jay and Vernon. Uh, Vernon says, "Sweet Mary and Joseph." Jay says, "Charlie." Charlie says, it's really me, Jay. Vernon said, how the hell? Charlie says, God, you forget what it feels like to be young. It's amazing. Vernon asks, how old are you? Charlie says, oh, it depends on what you mean by old. Right now, technically, I'm about 28, but I've been around a lot longer than that. Jay says, how long? Charlie says, long enough to have shilled for Barnum. What does shilled mean? Shilled. S-H- I would assume probably, like, worked for... yeah. Barnum and Bailey's or yeah, something yeah. like that. I don't know. Okay. Uh, long enough to have shielded for Barnum, and he gave me something. The Grimoire. A real book of magic. And at first, I thought it was a scam, but then I tried one of the spells, and it worked. In fact, they all worked. So when I got to the end, and there was one for immortality, Vernon says, my God, Charlie. Jay says, and my show, the things that I can do. Charlie says, different spell, but it gives you a little taste of what's possible. Then he pulls out a tarot deck out of his pocket. Vernon reaches for them, but Charlie says, Oh no, I wouldn't touch these, Vernon. They're still radioactive. Jay says, You killed Vance and Jeb Dexter. Charlie says, What? You think this is a parlor game? You were being humiliated by those punks. A washed-up old man who couldn't even defend himself. Jay says, You used me to do these terrible things. Charlie says, I used them to give you a gift. And you wanted it, Jay. I saw it in your eyes. Jay says, No, I never wanted that. I never wanted this. Charlie says, you were ready to kill yourself. I saved your life. Vernon says, is that right, Jay? Charlie says, I was there for you, like I've always been, like I always will be. Come with me, both of you. You think the first time around was good? The second time's even better. All the know-how, none of the aches and pain. Vernon is nodding, but Jay says, no, I won't do this. I won't. Charlie says, I've never made this offer before, but then again, I've never had friends like the two of you before. Let me do this for you. Jay says, and who else has to die so that we can live forever? What's the price tag on immortality? This isn't right, Charlie. What you're doing, you know that. Somewhere, you know that. Charlie says, I know I don't want to come back alone, to start all over alone. Vernon says, Jay, we can be young again. 
Charlie says, the three of us together, vital and alive, forever. Then Sam and Dean bust in. Dean says, not so fast. I ain't Gutenberg, and this ain't Cocoon. <laughs> Um, they've got their guns out, and Dean motions for Jay and Vernon to get away from Charlie. Dean says, immortality. That's a neat trick. Charlie says, it's not a trick. It's magic. Then a noose drops down around Dean's neck and lifts him off the ground. Sam shoots at Charlie, but Charlie spits it out and says, hey, bullet catch. Been working on that. (laughs) Then Charlie vanishes and reappears in a different spot. Dean yells, get him. Sam says, let him go now. Charlie says, just leave me and my friends alone. Sam says, I said now. Charlie says, all right, I will give it up. The spells, the hexes. This is the last time, I promise. Sam tries to hit him, but he vanishes and reappears behind him. Charlie throws Sam onto one of the magic tables, and the bindings clamp around Sam's wrist. The rope holding up the spikes starts to break. Then Jay stabs himself in the stomach, which makes the wound appear in Charlie instead of Jay. Jay pulls out the deck of tarot cards from his pocket, and Charlie pulls out a single card from his own pocket. Charlie says, you picked these strangers over me. Then Charlie collapses, and we see the card in his hand is the magician. Sam's wrist clamps release, and Dean is lowered to the ground. Sam gets up and out of the way, and the spikes come crashing down. He says, you okay, to Dean, who is coughing. Dean says, yeah, I'm all right. So we cut to Jay shuffling cards at a bar, looking very depressed. Sam and Dean walk in. Dean says, hey, Jay, we wanted to thank you for what you did yesterday. Jay says, I killed my best friend yesterday, and you want to thank me? Sam says, where's Vernon? Jay says, he says he doesn't want to speak to me again after what I did to Charlie. But, like, okay, that's the dumbest thing, because, like, he obviously knew that what Charlie was doing wasn't right. Like, yeah, could you be disappointed that he's gone now? Sure. But, like, it was either going to be him, who is clearly doing something wrong and has lived multiple lives Mm -hmm. at this point, or, you know, somebody who's didn't deserve it you know yeah jay i mean not jay vernon clearly cares more about being young again than he does about killing people yeah so that just kind of shows his character yeah Mm -hmm. you know so he was hoping to go yeah he was he was in he was all in yeah Yeah. um dean says listen jay you know charlie was never going to give up what he was doing ever you did the right thing jay says are you sure about that you know charlie was like my brother and now he's dead because i did the right thing he offered me a gift and i just threw it back in his face so now i have to spend the rest of my life old and alone what's so right about that then he goes up to leave the bartender notices some cards on the bar and calls out jay your cards jay says throw them away and he leaves it's so sad i don't like it god what a fucking depressing episode Mm -hmm. it really is yeah Dean says to Sam, well, I don't know about you, but I could go for a beer. Sam says, I'm going to take a walk. So we cut to Sam opening a car door. Ruby's in the driver's seat. Sam says, okay, I'm in. And then he gets in the passenger seat. Ruby says, what changed your mind? Sam says, I don't want to be doing this when I'm an old man. And they drive away and credits. Okay, so my thoughts is the first one was like, okay, Jay, the old guy, like the older guy, like looks so familiar and i figured out it's because yeah. he's in rocky horror picture show oh really yeah that's so funny i was looking it up because i was like this is not like he's in rocky horror picture show and the other ones i haven't seen like what what are some other um he's probably so got a lot since he's mega force spy no. hard no. Uh, fdr american badass goldberg's uh, None of that field. Yeah. Goldberg's is like a. You've probably seen the commercials. Yeah, I, I have. Now. Yeah. 
Um, Three from Hell, Santa Girl, uh, Granddad or wait, Granddaddy Daycare, Mm-mm. Sleigh Bells, uh, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, Sign yeah. Sealed Delivered. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's in the Lego Movie. Oh well, no, no. wait, no. Lego The Incredibles and oh, okay. also Incredibles 2. Okay. He's in Will and Grace, apparently. Wow. Um, yeah. But yeah, so he's in a few He did seem things. very familiar. But Rocky Horror Picture Show, I was like, I know that guy's face. Yeah. And I've only seen Rocky Horror Picture Show like one time. Yeah, me too. But, ta I-, I liked it. I don't know why I haven't seen it more. But, I don't know. Yeah. I think the one time I saw it was, when did I see? Oh, it was not that long ago. It was like maybe a couple years ago. And it was... Just, like, playing on TV or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And so I saw it. The, okay, I saw the, um, you know how ABC's been doing a lot of, like, live versions oh, yeah. of, like, Grease and Rocky Horror yeah. Picture Show and all that sort of stuff? Like, eh. It's just, it's just not as good, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I agree I mean, obviously you. the original is going to be probably the best. Yeah. But, like, I was kind of disappointed. Like, I was really disappointed with, like the um what they did with um oh what's the the christmas story mm-hmm. like okay i really like that movie i think it's hilarious yeah but it's definitely not politically correct oh yeah for sure but also at the time that was just funny and it is still funny it's yeah. just not like you right. know pc anymore or whatever and so they changed it so much to be like pc oh. that it was just like this is the dumbest thing. Yeah. You know? I'm like, just That's like, too bad. I just, yeah, it was not, you know, they hinted to it or whatever, but they were just like, uh huh. I don't know. They just changed it too much for it to be yeah. good anymore. Right. You know? I get it. But anyway. That's too bad. Yeah. So um, that was that. <laughs> also, like, Sammy, if you're having to sneak around, you probably you're... shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, you know? like, exactly. Come he on. thinks he's doing the best thing. But, like, if you're having to sneak to do it, it's probably not actually the best thing. Exactly. Exactly. I just don't even know. Also, like, I was confused by the whole, like, straight jacket noose thing. Because, Mm -hmm. okay, here's the thing. And, like, your arms are twisted. Like, they're in a straight jacket. Your arms are, like, buckled behind you. right? Right. And so to get out of it, you have to, like, wiggle your arms up because I've seen somebody like here's how to get out of a straight jacket remember mm-hmm. you have to like get an arm up and over your head and get it out that way so mm-hmm. like there's no way that you'd be able unless in, in noose, getting yeah. your arms up and over your head you pull the noose up and over that yeah. way like mm-hmm. that's the only thing I could figure but I'm just like how is that even a thing because then you'd just be stuck in a straight jacket with your arms behind your head still now they're loose but I mean I guess they'd be maybe loose enough to like get the noose off your neck mm-hmm. at that point. I don't know. I was just like, this is weird. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the point of the trick, that oh, it's almost yeah. impossible. But, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Also, like, when Jay was laying there on the table before the spikes would fall uh-huh. and his hands were in the bindings and the mm-hmm. clamps, like, how are you supposed to get yourself out of that? Truthfully, like... You can't. You'd have to, like... I mean... You'd have to slip your hands out, but... You'd have to slip your hands out, and you'd have to either have a, like, you'd have to have really flexible... Because here's the thing, is in your hand, you've got the the thumb joint there, right? So, Mm -hmm. like, if you didn't have your thumb, then you could slip your hand out pretty easily, because they're all about the same width, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, you can kind of, like, curl your hand a little bit and make it, you know, but with a thumb. So, a lot of times, I think, like, you just have to, like, dislocate your thumb Mm -hmm. and, like slip out and then 
put it back into place. I don't know. Like, yeah. That's the only thing I can think of is like to, the only way to get out of there unless you had a very, very flexible hand and you could like really shove it, you know, mm-hmm. but you can't really Dude, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm like putting my thumb as far as it can. Also, how are you supposed to dislocate your thumb without the use of your other hand? You just yank on it hard enough to where it dislocates it. it. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, okay. I don't really know. But, yeah. If there's any magicians out there listening to us, (laughs) please let us know. Or if you know about this. Yeah, (laughs) we are dying to know. At this point, yeah, like, it it seems like there's only pain, you know? Yeah. <laughs> there's got to be a way to do that where you don't have to break yourself. Right, exactly. But, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe somehow you could, like, move your fingers over to, like, kind of hit the thing, but you wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to, you'd only be able to hit it to a certain point. Yeah. Or then you'd have to pull it out. Or maybe the trick is that the clamps are, you know, like, someone could inspect them and it seems fine, but there's a way to open them. You yeah. know what I mean? From the... I'm sure. Once your arms are in there, maybe that's the trick. Yeah. Like the easy release yeah. button, you know? Yeah, like, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, but those those are my thoughts. Okay. <laughs> so what was your favorite moment from... Oh, um, it's got to be the chief. Yeah. yeah. That, uh-huh. was, that was pretty... You know, That's this fine. is such a depressing episode that that was really the only moment of lighthearted humor, mm-hmm. you know? It was... God, this episode depressed the crap out of me. Yeah, it was not a happy episode. I know. Sure. And I was thinking like I would say that like half of the episodes of Supernatural kind of leave you feeling like depressed about things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. They're they can be very emotional for sure, but that's like that's why I think I like the show so much is because it does have that like humor. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. there's there's relief from it, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's that was my favorite ep- or my favorite moment too. Yeah, the, you ain't been had till you've been had by the chief. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, and he was a big guy. He was not a little dude. And he had his and little the- whip. I know. <laughs> and Dean looked so uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> which was just kind of great. But I don't how know. did those? I mean, where is this taking place in Iowa? How did the? Yeah, how did? I think it's yeah. in Iowa. Like, how did? Charlie and Vernon even know about that if it's just I mean you do get the sense that they don't live there they're staying in hotels right yeah so how would they even know about that I would think either somebody did the same thing to them Mm -hmm. or they've been there before and they've heard about it or something like that or they know the guy maybe like through some sort of weird like because it sounds like he can't. He came out of this like club-looking thing, so maybe mm-hmm. like I don't know. They had to have heard about it through the grapevine, mm-hmm. or you know, somebody did the same thing to them. I'm yeah. Sure. Okay. So, I don't know. That's the only thing I could figure. Yeah, because that kind of perplexes me. Like, if you don't live there, you yeah. know, and it's not like just a thing that everyone li- lives there and knows about. Then yeah. How? How? How would you know to send them over there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. We just won't think about it too much. Okay, hard. yeah, I know. Because <laughs> we might I, not like what we come yeah, up with. Yeah, I'm not trying to, like, poke holes in the plot. I just oh, yeah, want to no. know. It's just things that I wondered about. Yeah, Yeah. no, I'm, I'm, I am I'm. kind of wondered that, too, a little mm-hmm. bit. I was like, hmm, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I am, I'm totally a fan of just going with it. That, yeah, that's fine. Gonna yeah, we're just going to go with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. Oh. So, our interesting facts, um, it says John Rubenstein, I almost said Steen, John Rubenstein, who plays Charlie in this episode, is the father of Michael Weston, who plays the younger version of Charlie. Oh! Which is kind of cool. I love that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. They 
they look similar enough too. Yeah. Like, but obviously not similar enough to be like, okay, obviously that's a younger version yeah, of him that's in true. that whole poster situation. I've seen the younger him, the actor plays the younger him in something else, so that was kind of bugging me. But uh-huh. I but I didn't I didn't check and see. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But that's super cool. I love they did that in a Doctor Who episode too, with Mark Shepard. Uh-huh. He played um a younger version well he played the younger version of the same character and he's in like mm-hmm. a couple episodes but his dad mm-hmm. um played the older version of him okay and, yeah. I, and i just thought that was so neat yeah yeah i like it when they do that sort yeah. of stuff it's interesting yeah and you could tell you can really tell that they're related yeah it's pretty cute i think i've seen pictures of have i seen pictures of yeah i've seen pictures of mark shepherd's dad, dad yeah and they do look pretty similar mm-hmm. yeah yeah Huh. Anyway, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'll make you watch that episode. You'll like it. Okay. Um, so it says the name of this episode is referring to Chris Angel, a real life illusionist, and the basis for the character Jeb Dexter. Mm-hmm. Which I think he's got to be a little bit of a diva for them to do something like this. I think you know? so. Like, yeah. Because you could. I mean, depending on the personality of the person, too. Like, he might not be, and he's just like, oh, ha, ha, that would be funny. You should do it. Right. You know, like, who knows? But I hope, even if he is a diva who, like, maybe dissed Supernatural in some way, I hope that he wasn't offended, because that would be... Well, but it sounds like even if it did, like, and I'm not saying, like, revenge is a good thing, but I'm, Mm -hmm. like, even if he did do that, like, I don't know, it, like, hold on, let me back up for a second. Okay. (laughs) Like... If he was rude about Supernatural or something, or he just was, like, a jerk to somebody there, like, I mean, yeah, don't do that, and right. you won't get made fun of. You yeah, know? Like, I just I just want to know the backstory, like. <laughs> I kind of do, too. Yeah. Yeah, there's got to be one, for sure. I've just never come across anything about it, Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, the only other thing I could figure is that they, like, know him somehow, and so mm-hmm. they're, like oh, well, hey, buddy, can we, like, do this? And he's probably like, ha, ha, sure. Yeah. You know, like, that's the only other thing I could think of. Like, maybe he's not really a douchebag, but, you know. He just thought it was funny. Yeah, I hope that's funny, the case. Yeah. I but hope that's the case. I don't know. We'll go with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it says, Vernon and Charlie are named after Di Vernon and Charlie Miller, both famous and well-respected magicians. Cool. Which... I've never heard of either of those yeah, two people. Yeah, me neither, but I'm but, not in the magician circle, so. Yeah, no, I, I am not either. But that brings us to our research, and it's about Houdini, because. Oh, cool. Why not? Yeah. Um, so there's two websites. One is Britannica.com, and then the second one is uh, Parcast.com. Okay. Um, the first website is just a little bit about him. It says, Harry Houdini, original name Eric Whites. Oh, wow. Um, he was born March 24th, 1874 um, in Budapest, and he died October 31st on Halloween. Huh. For a magician, that's kind of clever. Yeah. <laughs> in 1926 in Detroit, um, and he was an American magician noted for his sensational escape acts. Um, he was the son of a rabbi who immigrated from Hungary to the United States and settled in Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, he became a trapeze performer in circuses at an early age, and after settling in New York City in 1882, uh, he performed in vaudeville shows where, there without much success. Um, in 1894, he was married to Wilhelm Wilhelmina, Ronner. Wilhelmina? Wilhelmina? I think it's Wilhelmina. Okay. That that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, I might be totally wrong, but I think I've heard it uh, pronounced that better. before. Yours sounds better. Yours sounds better. Okay. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, 
um, who thereafter as Beatrice Houdini served as his stage assistant. Um, from about 1900, Houdini began to earn an international reputation for his daring feats of extrication from shackles, ropes, and handcuffs, and from various locked containers ranging from milk cans to coffins to prison cells. Um, in a typical act, he was shackled with chains and placed in a box that was locked, roped, and weighted. Um, the box was submerged from a boat to which he returned after freeing himself underwater. Um, in another outdoor exhibition, he allowed himself to be suspended head down about 75 feet, um, which is 23 meters, um, above ground, and then freed himself from a straitjacket. Um, so I, must, I guess he just freed himself upside down and he just still was hanging there. Yeah, and that then sounds, let him down. sounds horrible. That does sound horrible, all the blood rushing to your yeah, head. <laughs> Although the gravity would probably help you get your arms over your head. That's true, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, So it says, these demonstrations were typically watched by many thousands of people. Um, Houdini's uncanny escape abilities depended partly on his great physical strength and agility and partly on his extraordinary skill at manipulating locks. Yeah. (laughs) Winchester. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He exhibited his skills in many motion pictures from 1916 to 1923. Um, In his later years, Houdini campaigned against mind readers, mediums, and others who claimed supernatural powers. Um, he argued that they were charlatans who produced all of their effects through natural means and various tricks. Um, he wrote Miracle Mongers and Their Methods in 1920 and A Magician Among Spirits in 1924. Um, Houdini and his wife, however, agreed to conduct an experiment in spiritualism. <laughs> the first to die was to try to communicate with the survivor. Um, his widow declared the experiment a failure before her death in 1943 because mm. he died before she did. So. Okay. Um, Houdini took his stage name from the name of the French magician... Uh, Jean, Jean-Eugene Robert Houdin. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> I I am so bad at pronouncing French oh, names. I'm bad at pronouncing like, any kind of name. <laughs> like, I mean, also, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, ugh. Um, so if you're French, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, tro- I'm totally butchering your language, but... We're trying. I don't know how. <laughs> um, it says, but he later wrote The Unmasking of Robert Houdin, um... 1908, a debunking study of Houdin's abilities. Okay. Um, Houdini wrote the article on Conjuring for the 13th edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Hmm. Um, he died of peritonitis that stemmed from a stomach injury. Hmm. Um, and then, so I have Houdini's eight most daring magic tricks. Okay. Um... It says, let's see, audiences were thrilled by his sensational performances and the never-ending possibility of failure and death. Um, And then he performed his most daring magic tricks right up till the week before his untimely death. Okay. And then it's got a picture of him and a bunch of locks and chains, and it's kind of creepy. Okay. (laughs) Like, just most of the look on his face is kind of weird. Like, he's, like, oddly looking at the camera. Yeah, it's it's not not okay. (laughs) And he's in, like, a weird speedo-y thing. Yeah. But anyways... (laughs) Um, so the first, it says over the course of his career, these are the most notable and daring eight, um, acts. So the first one is belly of a whale escape. Um, in 1911, while Houdini was performing in Boston, 10 prominent businessmen challenged him to escape from the belly of a whale. Uh, they stipulated that Houdini had to be shackled in handcuffs and leg irons supplied by local police and then sewn up inside the whale's belly, which I'm assuming that the whale is dead at this point. It must like, be. You can't just, like, shove somebody in a whale, you yeah. know? Like, it doesn't work right. that way. <laughs> Not one to refuse an exciting challenge, Houdini agreed. 
Um, with Houdini manacled inside, uh, the carcass of the beached whale was tightly laced and completely wrapped in chains. Uh, Fifteen minutes later, the great magician emerges smiling, and audiences had no idea that he nearly suffocated on arsenic fumes, the chemical used to embalm the whale. Oh, my God. Ugh. How did it, like, where did he come out of the whale? That's what I want to know. Did he just, like, break a hole in it? Did he come out the mouth? He either, I would assume that he probably came out the mouth if it yeah. was, like, sewn really well. You know, right. like, and then shackled as well. Or, like, Yeah. Oh, that chained. sounds so gross. That's, that's nasty. Yeah. So you get, you basically get stuffed inside this fume bomb yeah all shackled and like by the way escape i don't know that whatever. sounds horrible ew um Ugh, it's so smelly yeah. yeah not good and like they don't i don't know i i've never heard i mean obviously this was you know a little while ago 1911 so, yeah but like i've never really heard of anybody embalming anything in arsenic like i've heard formaldehyde all over right, the place yeah that but must that have been, must have been dead. yeah hmm. The more you know, we're yeah. learning things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the second one is the East Indian needle trick. Um, it says, for the unlucky folks who can't swallow pills, this trick will make you cringe. <laughs> Houdini could swallow 100 needles and 20 yards of thread with nothing more than a drink of water. Oh, That sounds like so how? fucking gross. After showing his empty mouth to the audience, he reached inside his mouth and pulled out every single needle, fully threaded together and often spanning the length of the stage. I, it just makes me want to vomit. Yeah, and, like, pain. He had to have lacerated his insides a few times. Oh, yeah. Like, either that or some... Or he's just, like, not swallowing it, and somehow he's, like... I, I don't know. What if you got 100 needles Can in you imagine mouth? pulling anything out like that? It's, like, like, such a long thing. Okay. How would you not pull? You I know, know I mean? like, gag reflex. Okay, like, have you ever... I'm sure this has happened to you. We both have long hair. Like, mm-hmm. have you ever accidentally swallowed a hair? Oh, yeah. And then you pull it out, and it's, like, you know, yeah. like, the gaggy... Oh, it just makes me want to gag even thinking about yeah. it. Like, it's God. just the worst thing. Well, it just shows you how much yeah. control he had over his own body. And you know? gag reflex for yeah. sure. He's not puking all over the stage. Yeah, that is just very upsetting. <laughs> oh, just... I don't like it. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so the third one is a milk can escape. Um, sorry, I'm just like... Yeah. I'm still feeling kind of gaggy. <laughs> 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 um, so it says, uh, Houdini original act, the milk can, is one of the magician's best-known magic tricks, which I watched a show that there is this magician or illusionist or whatever that was trying to replicate a bunch of old illusions and that sort of stuff. And this is one that he did. Okay. Um, It says, the milk can is one of the best, or magician's best known magic tricks, handcuffed and sealed inside an oversized milk can filled with water. Failure to escape meant drowning. Um, Adding to the suspense, Houdini's inviting members of the audience to hold their breath along with him. Okay. (laughs) So you get a bunch of people passing out left and right. Right. Um, it says later performances featured the milk can locked inside a chained or padlocked wooden chest because the plain old milk can trick apparently wasn't dangerous enough. Okay. It's like, we'll lock you in this thing, which is locked in a thing that is filled with water, you know, like, mm-hmm. whatever. Or no, sorry, the thing, that's backwards. Locked in a thing filled with water that is also locked in another thing. There we go. Uh-huh. That's what I was going for. Hi, Steve. <laughs> Steve's like, hello. He's talking to us. Hi. Come here. Oh, I almost dropped you. That was kind of a weird thing. Um, So number four is the overboard box escape. 
Um, it says, within 57 seconds, Houdini escaped from a packing crate weighed down by 200 pounds of lead in the New York's East River. Oh, God. Um, and, of course, it wouldn't be a classic Houdini trick without handcuffs, leg irons, and a crate with the, nailed, or the lid nailed shut. Um, when the crate was pulled out of the water, observers found it to be completely intact with Houdini's discarded manacles inside. Jeez. That's weird. I don't like it. I just... I, I, I have a hard time watching these type of things. I, went, I do too. I went to Vegas once and we saw, a, it was like a variety show. Mm-hmm. And one of them was um, this big clear box, you know, mm-hmm. with a guy, you know, shackled inside and trying to mm-hmm. get himself out. It was filled with water. And it went well beyond three minutes of him being in water. And I just got really fucking nervous. Yeah, because you know? at that point, like... I mean, I'm sure that he's, whoever was doing it, had plenty of training. Oh, yeah. He was fine. He got out in time and, you know, whatever. But it's just... Well, I mean, it's just as far as holding the breath. Yeah, yeah. But I just can't... I I learned a lot about myself (laughs) (laughs) watching this. And that is that I don't like to watch this kind of shit. Yeah, I don't either. I I watched that one show where the guy was, like, replicating a bunch of different stunts and all Mm -hmm. that. And, like, no. Yeah, I just... It Mm -hmm. makes me too anxious. Yeah, I can't. Right. I can't do it. Yep. And I'm not, okay, I say I'm not generally an anxious person, but I really am. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, yeah, usually that sort of stuff, I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, like, clearly they're not going to show it if somebody, like. Right, if somebody died. Yeah. You know, whatever. Or, but, like, yeah. still, you know, like, eh. Um, so, there is. This next one, the Buried Alive stunt, was also something... I don't know if it was from him or somebody else did it, too, um, mm-hmm. that this guy did. I don't even remember what his name was. I think it was on, like, Netflix or something. Okay. And it was, like, Escapes or... I don't even remember what it was called. But it was it was interesting. And part of the show was, like, he was going around, like, you know, doing, like, researchy type stuff mm-hmm. and, like, training and that sort of stuff. So you got to see a little bit of that. But don't you dare get on the table, sir. But... Um, yeah, he's just got to have his arms on the table. Yeah, he's looking at me. You're a cutie, Steve. <laughs> he's like, somebody pet me! Um, you should take a picture. That's kind of cute. <laughs> I will take a picture. Anyways, um, so the Buried Alive stunt, um, it says, the first time Houdini performed a Buried Alive stunt, it very nearly killed him. Um, buried six feet under without a casket, uh, Houdini struggled to dig his way to the surface and panicked when overcome by exhaustion. Um, he cried for help and had to be pulled unconscious from the grave by his assistants. Oh, jeez. Which is like, no, it was terrifying. Yeah. Um, it says, while one terrifying near-death experience would be more than enough for most to quit the game, uh, the game um, Houdini went on to perform two other variations of the buried alive trick. Um, one required him to be sealed inside a coffin while submerged underwater for one and a half hours. Oh, gosh. Jesus. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Another had him strapped in a straitjacket, sealed in a casket, and buried in a large tank filled with sand. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Yeah. Um, number six is Escape from Murderer's Row. Um, in 1906, Houdini escaped from Murderer's Row, the south wing of Washington, D.C.'s old jail. Um, the guards stripped Houdini of all of his clothes and handcuffed Houdini before locking him inside a cell. Like, okay, do they mean, like, all of his clothes, all of his clothes, or, like, did they at least leave, leave him his skivvies? Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. I hope they would have left him his skivvies. Right, you know? right, me too. <laughs> um, it says, while it only took him two minutes to escape, he used the last 19 minutes of his act to open eight other locked cells, switch the prisoners around, and lock them inside again. <laughs> That's super funny. I like that. <laughs> 
Um, would love to know how the inmates felt about that. Yeah, that's a little weird. <laughs> Who's this naked guy? I know. Like, <laughs> why is this naked guy putting me in, like, different cells and yeah. blocking me? Like, what's happening? Right. Um, also, like, you would think that they would, like, potentially take that as a way to, like, escape. Right, exactly. You know? But I'm sure there's enough people around to where they're like, I can't even get away with it, you know? I imagine they were kind of annoyed. Like, look at this guy in his skivvies just escaping. Yeah. Know, I can't escape, and this guy can. Yeah, like, you know? what the hell? Shoving in our faces that it's possible, but I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you jerk, you know, yeah. teach me your ways. Yeah, I, wonder how, I wonder how they felt about that. I mean, I would assume probably... I would be miffed if yeah. it was me. Like, I'll be honest, I would be miffed. Yeah, you know? totally. Um, so number seven is the suspended straitjacket escape, um, which is the, what they had in the last... When he was upside down. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. So it says, strapped in a standard regulation straitjacket and suspended by his ankles from a tall building or crane, Houdini made his escapes in full view of his audience crowding on the streets below. It would only take him three minutes to break free. Still, what a head rush and a terrifying reminder of one's own mortality. Yeah, yeah, the blood in the head. I just, I hate that feeling. Yeah, it's like you feel stuffy and like, just like your brain's gonna explode and it's just... Mm -hmm. When I was pregnant, if I was laying flat, I would get that feeling, even if I was just laying flat. Well, yeah, because that's, I mean... That when when you're pregnant, the baby's pushing on a lot of you know vital mm-hmm. things. And yeah, it's like decreasing blood flow. So right. It's yeah. Insane, it is a know? horrible feeling. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> so number eight is Chinese water torture cell, aka aka the Houdini upside down. Um, says the combination of his his suspended straitjacket and milk can escape stunts. This was his most famous and daring trick yet. Um, locked in stocks by the feet, Houdini was lowered upside down into a tank filled with water. If he couldn't escape within two minutes, an assistant stood by with an axe ready to break the glass. Oh, that's good. <laughs> One can only be so diehard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that makes uh, me feel better about it. Yeah, so at least there's like a way to like keep, to I not mean, die. Yeah, like okay, this is if this doesn't happen, like get me out. Yeah. Know? So, anyways, so those are uh, Houdini's eight most famous that's tricks. awesome um so what was your idget or asput moment for okay i can't week? remember if i said this before i don't think so um the other day i was talking with killian and eric well they were having an argument i don't remember about <laughs> what but um but killian you know being a four-year-old was acting like a four-year-old and kind mm-hmm. of started to like scream in tantrum mm-hmm. and eric just like screams back at him right <laughs> and i was like eric they it both is, threw a tantrum yeah i was like eric you know he's a four-year-old. He is acting like a four-year-old. You are a forty-year-old <laughs> acting like a four-year-old. And he, the look he gave me because I called him a forty-year-old was just like an ultimate betrayal. Because he, he's thirty-seven. But listen, I'm the same age as him, so yeah. calling him a forty-year-old is calling myself a forty-year-old. But the yeah. look on his face was just priceless. <laughs> it was like, just amazing. Excuse you. Yeah, he was just like. <gasps> Like, how, how dare you? Yeah, it was hilarious. Oh, but I was being an ass butt. <laughs> but, okay, act like an adult. You know, it's our job when a kid has a tantrum to, you know, help him calm down, help him understand how he's feeling, yeah. you know, and, and like, make it, on, yeah, yeah not, not freak out back because yeah. that's not going to help anything, yeah. you know. And at that point, you're both just freaking out, you know. Yeah, act your age yeah. and, and help him out, help yeah. him deal with his big emotions, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. Otherwise, he's never going to learn how to not tantrum, right? Yeah. 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 So, mm-hmm. anyways, it was just a whole thing. <laughs> 
God. Yeah. What was your Idjit or Aspen moment? So mine was not quite as exciting, but I felt pretty stupid. I was, I, I felt like I looked like an Idjit. So I went to, okay, the last few times I've gone to any variety of a store, I feel like I'm just confused. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's nothing, you know, and I walk back and forth and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and so I'm like going from aisle to aisle and then I'm like oh I need to get this and this and this and this or whatever and I'll have a list and then I'm like okay and so I go and I go to one aisle and there's like something else in the aisle but then I like can't find it so I assume that it's in another aisle and I literally just end up spending way more time in any store than what I should because I'm going back and forth and like revisiting aisles sometimes three or four times yeah trying to find whatever it is and I'm just like this is Safeway it's not that hard you right, know like, right. I don't understand what's happening but just like and then I'm wandering back and forth, oh, like, going by the same people usually multiple times. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that they're probably just like, what are you doing? You know? like, and I think part of it is I just need to, like, slow down. Because I'm usually just like, I just want to get in there, get out, be yeah. done. And so I'm, like, wandering around. And then I can't find whatever it is that I'm wanting to find. And then so I have to wander by it again. And then wander by it again. And it's just mm-hmm. like, okay. But, yeah. Is it, are you feeling, like, anxious when you're doing this? Mm. Or, like disassociating a little bit I don't know I feel like I'm kind of like I don't know I feel like I'm kind of like wandering but then there's just like I'm just like not all there yeah you know like like I should know where to get off the table (laughs) I should know where I'm not talking to Lynn I'm talking to Steve (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) but um He's like slowly inching his way, and then he's just like, I'm just gonna stand up and walk now. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 Like, you can get on the coffee table if you feel so led. You can get on the couch, you can get on the bed. You don't stand on the kitchen table. Right. Like, no. Right, right. There's, a, there's gotta be something sacred here. <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm just, I think I get too flustered and like I wanna get in and out of there, and then mm-hmm. I'm just like all over the place. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. Whatever. I don't know. I have a hard but time. I've been doing that a lot. Really? Yeah. I have a hard time in some grocery stores or that makes me feel like I'm disassociating a little bit and I'm really high. Huh. Particularly, like, Fred Myers does that to me. I wonder if it's, like, the lighting, you know, like, along with my my anxiety disorders. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, there's too many lights. Yeah. Everybody's looking at me and I don't know what's happening. Yeah, there always gets a point in Fred Myers where I'm like, I have to leave right now or I'm just going to freak out and lay down on the floor. Like, so, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah, Safeway does it to me a little bit. Costco does it to me too. So I wonder if it's just like the high ceilings and like the lights they use. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, any grocery store, it's all the same to me. I think I just like, I want to get in and I want to get out and I don't want to spend a bunch of time there. And mm-hmm. then I just like end up spending way more time there because I'm just like, go through, go through. And then I yeah. like, miss a bunch of stuff and then I get flustered and I'm like, where is it? And yeah. That's the whole thing. Yeah, I get it. Anyways. <laughs> well, try slowing yeah. down and see if it still does yeah, that. I need to. Cause... I just need to like take my time. Mm-hmm. The trick, the problem is though, is that a lot of times I'm like going to the store on my way to go to do something or on my mm-hmm. way, you know, and so it's like I don't have like a bunch of extra time to spend. Right. But then right. I end up spending that time anyways because I'm wandering around looking like an idiot. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm anyways. sorry. That would be really frustrating. It is what it is. I yeah. just need to slow down. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspwitzpodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. Or visit our Facebook page, idgitsandaspwitz, and Ask- <laughs> a supernatural podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.